Hi everybody, I'm your host Yasmin. You are listening to the podcast of Young Author World, where we discover the creative mindscapes of our young authors from around Southeast Asia. In this show, we chat with our young authors on the inspirations, motivations and aspirations that drive them on their creative writing journey. Come along and explore with us the fascinating world of the young author. In this episode, we will be exploring the topic The Future of Human Rights is Bright with our young author alumni, Nanda and Avishi. Nanda was an author published in 2010 under the Young Author Scheme. More recently, he was one of our judges of Asia's Young Author Awards in 2021. He is currently in his final year studying law while juggling leadership positions. No easy fit for sure. And for Avishi, she is one of our youngest authors published only in 2021. Her story, Ties of Hope, has a strong focus on women rights. And that carries through her regular comment, her story in the Young Reader Club magazine where she remembers the powerful woman that reset the course of history. While she is currently preparing for her PSLE, she is also set to release two out of her three books in her mystery series at the end of the year. Alright, so for now, we're going to get to know the guests. Um, firstly, I'm going to start with um, what got uh, for Nanda and for Avishi. What got you interested in law and women rights? Okay, Nanda, can I start first? Okay, cool. So I'll start first. So we'll start with what got me interested in law, right? Yeah. So I think um, I'm quite an idealist at heart. So you probably hear the stereotype that, you know, people who do law want to help the society and all that. But um, I think you have to be more specific. At least that's what I am trying to do now. Like specifically, what about doing law allows me to help people at large? So there are many options that you can take in um studying or practicing law. One is to become a lawyer, handle cases and all that. There's also another path which I am currently considering, which is to do uh, legal policy. So instead of being the lawyer who executes the laws that's uh, already written out, you'll be actually part of trying to draft these laws and um, part of the conversation on trying to change laws. Right, so I think um, changing the system is sometimes more necessary than just uh, executing things within the system, and um, that's where uh, I I think my real interest in the law lies. I see. Thank you. That's very good. Okay, for you, uh, Avishi. So, what got you interested in uh, women rights? Well, earlier I don't think I was very interested in women's rights, but the thing that really inspired me to write Ties of Hope and really look into this issue is when my grandmother told me the story of Sati. So Sati is this cruel practice, very, very cruel, that used to happen in ancient India around the 1800s to 1900s, when a woman sacrificed herself after being coerced to do so on her husband's funeral pyre. And I thought that this practice was extremely bad. And I was extremely angry, sad, a lot of emotions, but especially adamant that people should learn about it. So I think that was what got me interested in women's rights and letting people know that this kind of stuff may not happen today, but it still exists in the form of social stigma in widows. And everybody needs to know that for a change to take place. I see. All right. Thank you very much. Okay, so for the next question, um, what do you hope to achieve from pursuing these motivations? Nanda, you can start first. Yeah, um, I think that's quite related to my um, first response. So really what I want to achieve is 
perhaps broadly speaking to fill knowledge gaps in society because I think a lot of um, the issues that we talk about today um, even you know like uh, women's inequality or inequality in general it happens um, because people and societies are not aware of the rights that they need to have and also how to implement them so coming from a legal policy or even tech perspective a lot of things that we're trying to do today is to really um, come up with easier systems for people in society to comply with instead of you know just having very uh, heavy-handed, high-level laws that no one really understands and only the people who write them understand. So yeah, it's really about understanding um, who you're making these laws for and then coming up with ways to um, help them you know, uh, fit into the system. All right. Yeah. Thank you very much. Okay, for Ayun, uh, Avishi, so what do you hope to achieve from pursuing all these motivations? Okay, I think my answer is very similar to Nanda's, but in terms, I hope to achieve by writing this book and I hope to achieve education. So more people know about this, more people are aware about this before change can actually happen. All right, that's very good. So for you, how long have you been writing and what aided you in this like motivations to be writing about women's rights? Mm, I think that I started writing during the pandemic as just a way to express myself and just a way to, you know, let out my feelings, which slowly progressed to writing books and writing poetry. And I think, as I mentioned earlier, um, the strongest motivation for me to pursue writing about women's rights was my grandma because she also feels extremely strongly about these issues and I think that learning from her was really what inspired me to just start on this journey. Honestly, I really agree with you as well on women's rights. I'm really also very strong on that. So yeah, uh, for Nanda, so what made you write and lead you to these motivations? Yep, so um, it's been a really long time. Just like uh, Vishy, I really started writing since I was a kid. And I have never stopped writing. But of course, what I have been writing has changed and evolved um, over the years. So I really started out like um, with you guys, with the uh, Young Author Scheme, writing, you know, um, short stories, fiction. It was really an outlet for um, a kid trying to make sense of your surroundings as you're growing up. And um, I mean, I came from Myanmar, so there's a lot of... Uh, I also have a very strong sense of, you know, all these... Um, social issues, perspectives, and, you know, writing gives me a way of putting things into words and making sense of them. But as I grow older, uh, one obvious thing is you get less time. So you don't really have time to write things for fun anymore. Mm. And you're really writing things because you need to meet deadlines. Mm. And, it's for your job, Yeah, mostly, it's for my right? job, exactly. Yeah, I'm sure you understand. <laughs> yeah, totally yeah, so, um, but the good thing about that is also I get more focused because I start writing things that are within my area of expertise. So things like uh, legal um, papers or science papers. Then uh, I feel that what I'm writing now, it's um, I try to make them more relevant to uh, some needs in society. So, you know, like, when I write about things like um, legal tech or data privacy, which are my specialties right now, um, I feel that I'm addressing knowledge gaps in yeah, society. That is really uh, relevant in like this century and how things are going right now. Yeah. That's really good. Thanks so much. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, glad to be welcome. 
So, um, for Avishi, so what can we look forward to your next writing journey here and out? I think that you can look forward to my mystery series, which is going to be coming up soon. So my two I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you. So um, hopefully by the end of this year, or by the start of next year, um, two of my mystery series books will be published. The Mystery of the Archaic Atbara and The Mystery of the Botanic Buff. So right. I'm really look forward oh. to it. Looking forward to it as well. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, Nana, do you plan on like writing uh, any more of like... Um, your expertise or do you feel like you're going to take a break and focus on your school since you're in law right now? Yeah, um, few aspects to that question. One, um, I will never stop. One is I don't really want to. And second thing is I don't think I can because uh, a lot of my day job, I mean, even outside of school involves writing. And uh, I feel that when I'm writing, um, I think I'm the kind that likes to be productive, you know, producing things. So it gives me a sense of achievement when I get things out. Yeah, and the second thing is, you know, being in law, does it really hinder the um, opportunities that I get for writing? Uh, it doesn't. It actually gives me more opportunities to write things, of course, um, within that realm. But uh, if, you know, if you have a will, you have a way. So, um, yeah, just... Uh, you will just find a way if you have the will, right? Yeah. <laughs> for sure. All right, so for Avishi, uh, among the... St- all the strong women you encountered, who inspired you the most? Mm, I think that there were two people who inspired me a lot. One that I mentioned earlier, my grandmother. And the second, which has also inspired me a lot, is my mother. Because when she was young, she also pursued poetry and art as a form of expression. Even though then she was not given the support that she needed. Today, I'm given a lot of support from everybody I know. But my mom then wasn't given a lot of support. So she just wrote, on her own, at home. And what she wrote really expressed her feelings, was really pure and really beautiful. And I think that after seeing that, it really inspired me to, you know, make use of the support that I have here and now. Because even though my mom didn't have the support back then, she was still able to write, still able to express myself. So I really have to make use of this opportunity. That's very good. Yeah, <laughs> you have you. a lot of people supporting you. So use it to your fullest potential. <laughs> Alright, so for Avishi, is there anything you wish to raise awareness about women's rights? Like mm. anything at all? Like really you strong, uh, you feel very strongly for women's rights? Mm, I think that right now the big issue about um, women's abortion rights in US is something I would really like to focus about because there's really a lot of controversy going on there and really something that a lot of people need to know about because even some people at school, some people my age, People need to know about it, even if they're my age, because it's important. It's going on in the world today and it's really affecting a lot of people. That's true. Even in Singapore, it's actually happening a lot, like from what I heard and from what I see as well. So I agree with you. It's very important to at least know about abortions and, you know, really this uh, issue is really actually quite serious and it's better for us girls to have like basic knowledge about it. I agree with you. Okay. So um, I heard that you want to pursue a a career in healthcare. Why? Mm, I think that right now I'm trying to use books to raise awareness and educate people for the good of society. But when I grow up, maybe healthcare would be another way for me to help people, help the society and maybe just give back more. So just different ways to help. 
Healthcare is a very giving career <laughs> choice. Yes. Really, it's not easy. It's yes. really, really tiring. My parents are both also doctors. Oh, really? So I think that right now it's also inspired me a lot after seeing what they have done for a lot of people. Okay, you're the next one up, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so for uh, Nanda, can you share what is a pressing issue in the tech policy that you really wish to change and why? Yeah, I could talk about one... Um, long-term project that I have been working on, which is about children's privacy rights. Um, yeah, so thing is, you know, nowadays tech is a huge thing um, with all these companies, with big tech. Uh, once you produce some sort of innovation, some software, then everyone's uh, raving about it. But um, you have to think about the consumers downstream. And it's very easy to lose sight of people who are not like, who don't really have a voice for themselves, who aren't able to um, tell the companies who are trying to, uh, I mean, I put it bluntly, but, you know, like exploit their data and then use their data without consent and things like that. So children's rights are a huge thing, especially in APEC, because uh, we are in the region with some of the uh, hugest uh, youth populations. And the thing is, is, we are in a very diverse region. So like... Every country has its own sort of diversities, right? Singapore is hugely developed, but then you have countries in Southeast Asia, even like my own uh, Myanmar, where even though you have digital access, people don't know what their rights are. They can just be freely giving away the personal information and things like that. So what I'm really trying to do as a very, very preliminary step is to write about these issues, you know, what are the problems that children are facing and then how we can protect their rights how we can start uh, thinking of laws to um, give them these protections that they deserve. So it's really a very early stage of things, but um, I think we'll get there someday. Honestly, I think that's really important because um, honestly, the youngsters are now mostly on like the technology-wise because we are so we are so uh, heavily used on our like digital uh, um, uh, devices that like we tend to put ourselves in a vulnerable state like in especially on social media or like technology wise so I think it's really yeah. important that's yeah, really totally. great <laughs> okay so um, do you have any f- challenges facing for your in your studies especially law because like I really heard law is such a heavy like heavy context in Singapore as well so yeah yeah so challenges wise if we're talking about you know like the substantive studying of law um, for me it's not really an issue because I mean, it's subjective, but uh, I'm quite used to like studying and, you know, just taking exams. So it's um, it's not difficult per se. What is difficult on a broader level, uh, which I'm more concerned about, is the career opportunities that um, you have with your degree. Because um, it's quite different uh, here than, you know, in the West where... You can do a lot more with like a lot of over here. It's really like you take the degree and then you go to practice because traditionally that has been the easier route. Like, you know, there's good money, there's good respect. But I feel that, you know, um, we should be allowing children, myself included, okay, youths, right, to be more aware of the opportunities that they can, uh, they have with the law degree. So that's why now, like for myself, when I'm trying to do legal policy, things like, uh, you know, trying to get myself in a place where I can draft laws and things like that. That's not something that schools are openly talking about. Um, yeah, because uh, it, it's not a really practical, not, not, not practical, but not a really popular profession, even though um, there are uh, certain um, 
companies and international organizations that do these things. So I think uh, it's really, again, back to the issue of raising awareness. So for now, like for myself, uh, there's a lot of independent work involved in trying to find places that uh, are doing these projects. And even though, you know, like they are just as respectable and sometimes well-paying or even better paying than uh, your traditional careers, but I think... um, the, the challenge really lies in trying to source these opportunities for yourself. So, yeah, I think eventually, you know, when I'm in a place where I can share these with uh, my peers and my juniors, I would also really, really wish to do that. All right. That's yeah. really good. All right. Thank you. So, like, since you're doing a lot of things uh, at this point of time, like, how do you juggle with, like, maintaining your work and, like, your writing and your school? Because I know, especially, like, um, those my age, especially my group, um, we tend to be very easily distracted, and we tend we cannot be like juggling everything at one time. So, do you have any like advice for us? Yeah, um, I think it all comes down to a matter of priorities because um, I think as a student, uh, especially you know when I'm talking to people younger than me, I think studies are always the number one thing. So. Unless you have your studies down, um, try not to <laughs> think of too many other things. Um, of course, um, if studies are not an issue, then uh, I think you should really start early on uh, thinking about, you know, what else can you be doing? How can you be more, um, you know, what opportunities should you seek out so that you can open more doors for yourself uh, eventually when you graduate or even if you want to work before you graduate? So... Um, time management, of course, uh, it's it's an essential thing. Uh, no matter how many things you do, just make sure that you have enough time to like recharge and rest. And another thing is, of course, uh, something that I've learned over the years is really teamwork. Um, because, you know, I used to think that or because I can study, I can do things on my own, but it's really not like that in the real world because you can want to do a lot of things, but you're going to have to rely on people. So once you're able to find the right people to work with you and you're able to communicate um, and, you know, your your needs and then share, like, you know, what do you need? What does the other party need? You're able to learn how to, like, um, have some synergy and then, you know, share the burden, so to speak. That's how, um, at least for myself, I'm able to be in so many positions because, um I have people that I can rely on and they can do the same um, vice versa. All right, Ken. Thank you very much. So uh, you're from Myanmar, right? Yeah. So um, growing up in Singapore, have you like, uh, has growing up in Singapore affected your thoughts about your home country? Like what's the difference and what really like made you, like what is an eye opener, especially in Singapore? Like the difference? Yes, uh, definitely. Many things, but um, I can talk about the issue of privilege because um, I consider myself uh, super privileged to be able to pursue an education here because a lot of my peers, a lot of my, even people within my family, my extended family, my, my, my cousins, they are unable to get the level of education and even, you know, the general vibes, the environment where people are a lot more, uh, we have a lot more access to opportunities than um, people back home have. Yeah. So the thing about this privilege is that, you know, I really want to, um, I don't want it to end with me. I want to um, give back uh, to uh, my society. I mean, yeah, 
even Singapore, you know, there's people who, who are um, falling behind. And then if you're looking at it across countries, then you see that Myanmar as a society, um, a lot of kids, a lot of children, um, they are struggling to even meet uh, basic literacy requirements. So for me, like coming from this position of, position of privilege, um, once I'm able to get to a position where I can, you know, share these education opportunities on a broader scale with um, the children back home, I think um, that is uh, something that I'm working towards and something that I will be very proud to achieve. Agree with you strongly on that. In Singapore, we are very privileged. Everything is given to us. We just need to like proceed and really take the opportunity. Alright, so Avishi, since you said about um, abortion rights, uh, which part of it? Like, I think the fact that they have removed it from the US Constitution is an extremely big step which they should not take. Because if it's there in the U.S. Constitution, um, the other states inside the U.S. have no right to ban it. And basically, it makes way for women to do as they please, for women to, to really be able to have their own rights, have their own freedom. And it's not constricted to what the government says. Because once the U.S. Um, government has removed it, from the constitution, I'm sure that many states will start to ban it as well. And once it's not a constitutional right, it will become not a right at all. And I think that's extremely wrong because women, as our own self, have their, their own, own freedom. rights, right? Yeah. We can do whatever what, we want with our own bodies since it's yes, our own body. Exactly. Like, even though it's a big step, yeah, abortion is really a big step. Like, But I'm sure that everybody has their own reasons for it. Like maybe some yes, people they maybe. can't really care for the child at that moment, and they have no choice, or they have no, they have nobody like really supporting them. So yeah, I think that's maybe. really important as well. Yeah. All right. So that is about that is um our episode for today. Thank you so much, guys, for uh, your time and for your chat about, of course, uh, human uh, women rights and of course for you, your law and your writing, like your career wise. And thank you for giving such good advice for like um my generation, our generation, young authors and young um listeners as well. So um yeah, it's been fun meeting the both of you. So any last words from you? No, it's our no. pleasure. I mean, thank, thank you, you very you much for having us. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Really, really, you guys are very inspiring to me as well. <laughs> right, thank you so much. So once again, thank you for joining us on today's episode of Young Auto World. We look forward to seeing you guys again. This is your host, Yasmin. Till then, goodbye. 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 <laughs>